Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. everyone to up oh, there we go okay and we do have sound so that's that's one thing that I always that I always worry about I was okay funny story I was on last night for chilling with pineapple like I do and we had an unboxing I unwrapped this new book that uh, we just got and I was talking about that I was talking about some of the some of the stuff coming out of Marvel you know the the new warriors and all of that and uh, Sonia's in the chat and says you know know, the the one time I get to watch and you're having technical issues I'm thinking what technical issues I don't mean technical issues everything's here everything's fine I'm I'm almost 20 minutes in and realized that this microphone is not plugged in over on the board the other microphone see because the the same port that we use that i use for this microphone is also the one that's mindy's microphone on saturday morning right and i forgot to swap the cable so I go a whole 18 minutes, and it was brilliant. I could say it was just, you know, some of the finest work, some of the finest work I've ever done, and nobody hears it. So, you know, there we are. Uh, Robert says his socks are still missing. You know, I have, uh, I have an, uh, 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 a feeling that they're probably caught at the border. I wonder what, I wonder what all of this is going to do this pandemic is going to do to shipping especially when you're having to cross the border because you know in the isn't the border to canada closed right now yeah. uh it's going to be it's going to with the risk of making a bad pun it's going to derail it <laughs> i mean it's and well and and honestly you know when you think about you know phrases that we use like you know derailing something you know, yeah. it come literally comes from a train going off the rails off the rails of course another one that yeah it's it's um it's gonna be a challenge yep. there's there's no very there's no question well and and robert socks apparently has have been missing for a while now so um i don't know maybe i should maybe i should send an, an email to see if we can track that down so find out a bad idea at this point i mean there's there's so much uh disruption of supply chain yeah um that it wouldn't surprise me if it literally comes down to i mean well i was looking rather optimistically looking at a couple of things on amazon uh <laughs> and uh i mean I, you know I, I was expecting there to be you know delays and i was like okay sure sure april i think it was april 14th Oh my. Uh, was one of the things I was looking at. I mean, it's it was it's it's a non-essential thing, so I completely understand it. I mean, well, and and was it yesterday? Amazon decided they're not taking any new product because we saw uh, today Diamond Comics distributors said they're not going to take anything new to their warehouse. They're telling all of the publishers, "Don't ship us any new books." 
So what's in the warehouse is going to ship as scheduled. And then after that, it's all done. I mean, the, the direct market for comic books is essentially, I don't want to say it's dead, but it's hanging by a thread at this point because of everything that's been going on. I, I honestly think once we get past this, there are probably going to be 20-25% of the comic book shops that stay closed. It's it's quite possible, quite likely. I mean, we're going to see that with a lot of... I was uh, um, talking to someone who was talking about a friend's law firm. And it's a small thing. It's like two, three attorneys. Yeah. Uh, and they're very much concerned the possibility that their law firm is out of business and it's not going to come back. Hmm. Because, you know, the courts are shut down and... Their clients are either, you know, uh, charges have been dropped against them if they've been minor enough or they've been pushed so far back that they might have to change attorneys just because their attorneys have gone out of business. Yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, for, for your larger companies, a lot of them have cushions, but the smaller ones, you know, whether the, you know, we've got uh, Kansas City is full of a lot of small restaurants and small businesses and things like that that, uh, are going to have, depending on on uh, if they can, if they can keep themselves okay while this is going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, you know, if they've been if they've been around for a long time, they'll be able to come back because uh, they've got a built-in audience. They've got they've got folks who will you know sure loyal customers. Well, and I think too that you know, once once we get past this and the bubble bursts and we're and we're somewhat. And we're not going to get back to normal for a while, but once things start to settle back into normal, there are going to be a lot of people that are stir crazy enough that they're just they're going to go out multiple times in a week. Let's let's get oh, out. Sure. Let's do stuff. So, um, sure. I, I it's yeah, it's going to be rough for a lot of people for a long time. I I know that's going to be the case. Uh, Robert, real quick, let me go ahead and do this. If you could. Uh, send me uh, on email h2o at sci-fi for me.com send me the tracking information on your order if you would I'll I'll contact superhero stuff on our end and see if we could maybe kind of meet the middle somewhere and 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 find that order if you if you would um, pandemic yeah now, one of the reasons why we are online tonight instead of in studio is mainly because things have just been so busy. Um, neither one of us, as far as I know, neither one of us are exposed. Not nothing, uh, or, or certainly not. Uh, or well, we're asymptomatic. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, at this point, considering the the fact that we've been out in the world and exposure period can be what it is. Um, Fingers crossed, it will remain that way. <coughs> and of course, <laughs> as Jason then coughs. Yeah, I don't. I I haven't been out that much. I've gone to the grocery store a couple of times, just you know, to get stuff that we needed here at the house. Yeah. Um, uh, and Mindy uh, is able to work from home now uh, because the the Social Security Department finally decided that they're going to be smart about some things. Um, so our exposure has been minimal, if any. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully that will, that will maintain, uh, and we'll 
skate out of this on the other side without any kind of problems but it's it's a chore i mean you and i work work by ourselves we're not out in the workforce in cubicles and and you know phone farms or anything like that we don't have to travel very far to to get to work and so for us it's it's you know this is this is normal already where you know we don't do a whole lot and i mean we work but we're not going anywhere for work and so for for people on social media sitting there going oh this is crazy yeah i was was there you know three days three days like this is well yeah but all at the same time you know this is this is mine this is in many ways has become has been my new normal because this has been my job for the last year and three months yeah prior to that though mine was very much a public facing out in the public series of jobs i mean the the four years as a as a uh, pathology courier i mean if I was still doing that job, I would be every day walking into hospitals and clinics and all these things. I mean, my exposure right. would be very, very high. Uh, and and I, I have, I, you know, I need to actually ask, I haven't talked to some of my friends who are still in the business uh, in a little while. And I should see, I suspect that that has been listed as a, you know, essential business. I would because, think so. Um, you know, it, it does involve the medical profession and it involves um, you know, stuff going off to two labs for testing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a different thing than say, you know, this, the, you know, small secret here, most pathology stuff after the fact is, has to do more with your insurance than it does with testing for the thing. Usually once they've cut it out of you, they've already made the test. It says it has to come out of you. Yeah. That happened <laughs> before. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so even so, so my exposure would have been very, very high. And then prior to that, the years that I did, you know, um, in, in food, uh, mm-hmm. or retail. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my exposure would be very, very high on a regular basis. And, uh, luckily, you know, I'm, I'm in one of those lucky positions right now is that, is that with my company that I work for, um, you know, we're small enough, but we're, we're secure enough as a company and as a company that can weather this kind of environment. Um, that I'm not in danger of losing a job right now, or my insurance, or the apartment I just moved into that you know <laughs> something I get evicted from again because I can't pay my bills. So, yeah. you know, these are things that I I I, am, I feel I'm very very lucky right now, and I, and I'm keenly aware that a lot of people that I know um, who are part of the gig economy, um, who work at restaurants that have been closed down, uh, I've got a couple of friends, you know. For those, for the folks at home who don't know, I have, I have friends in the burlesque community, and I filmed a lot of shows and taken a lot of photographs. Um, some really just fun, amazing, wonderful people, and a lot of them, you know, their lives are literally traveling around the country and performing. Well, they're not, and you know that was their livelihood. So um, it's a challenge. It's a you know, I'm I'm keenly aware that a lot of the people that I care about are are really struggling right now. Yeah. Thomas in the chat. Trust me, as someone who works at Walmart, we've had a couple of crazy weeks. We typically make around half a million a week. We've been making a million a week for two weeks. Sure. I can believe it. I can believe it. I have been uh, in the grocery store, I think, now three times in the last week and a half or so-ish. And um, all of the toilet paper is gone. Sure. A lot of the cleaning supplies are gone. A lot of the paper paper towels are gone. Um, 
What was the other thing? Eggs, the eggs are gone. Yep. Orange juice has been reduced to almost nothing. And of course, that makes a certain amount of sense because of the vitamin C. Um, I did, yes, uh, I went today and got Mindy some chips and it was that her particular brand and flavor there was one bag left i got the last bag of mindy's chips doritos so we lucked out we dodged a bullet we're saved <clears throat> but yeah it's, it's one of those things where, where you know i the the last time i was in there uh there was a woman who was completely wrapped from head to toe in trash bags and duct tape sure yeah uh that's that's not gonna help you i i don't i don't understand why are you why are you wearing all of that because the amount of time and effort it's going to take to get out of it when you get home depending on where you are if you've been exposed as you're taking it Oh, that, that's people, not gonna that's not gonna help you people there are people, you know for despite the fact that you know we there's a, a fair amount of easily readable you know uh, available knowledge uh, I mean literally you can go this is one of those things where if you go to a great many actual medical websites that are like not not the not the ones that are promising you weird cures or any of that nonsense yeah. by the way folks please 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 you see anybody on any kind of media talking about there's a cure for this okay no there is not it's a virus there you you're not gonna yeah. all you're gonna do is treat it you're not gonna you're not gonna cure it it just and and herd immunity in a virus situation is a really bad idea because guess what the the, the survival rate of the herd is not a happy one well, and it's funny you should mention that because I was looking at uh, I was looking at an article, was it today or yesterday? And they were talking about Italy being an outlier because of the, the because of the data that's coming out of there and the statistics. And um, this it was it, it was a think piece. It was an opinion piece, but it was citing a number of different studies and other articles that were talking about the situation in Italy. And I was not aware um, that there's a, a fairly significant uh, population of uh, Chinese citizens in the northern part of Italy. And uh, Italy apparently has a fairly significant anti-vaccine population. So uh, the, the, the note that I was seeing was for herd, for herd immunity, like we're talking about, uh, you have to have a 95% exposure, so vaccines or actually catch it and, and do. And over in Italy, apparently, they the, like for measles, for example, the first round of vaccinations only went to about 83% of the kids, and then the second round, uh, 85%. So they're not getting to the statistic hump they need to get for herd immunity on a number of different vaccinations, including influenza. And that, combined with the age of the general population over there, combined with the fact that apparently, and, and I, I, have, I have to confirm this, but what I've heard is that apparently they had a day where, hey, let's show we're not racist and hug a Chinese day. And all of this 
factors in and combines into this perfect storm of things have gotten very much worse over in Italy than than they would anywhere else because of that combination of factors. And um, I would toss out the uh, anything to do with. I'm 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 so I'm so just completely appalled by <laughs> the Chinese virus. No, it's a virus and originated in China. It's not a Chinese virus. Stop. Well, okay. I mean, because I mean, there's a whole, there is a whole lot of racism going on with that right now, and attack people getting attacked. That's not how this gets solved, folks. No, that's, that's true. Bigoted and racist and wrong. And that's it needs true. To stop. But if you especially, have, especially, but, well, hold on, especially Chinese Americans. There's yeah. a second word in there that if even if you're feeling even if you're feeling nationalistic on this particular day, note the second word. Yeah. They're your they're your neighbors and your and citizens. Stop it. But when you consider when you stop and consider that if you have Chinese nationals that are traveling back and forth between Italy and China. Well, and, at this, and, point, at this and, point we're all traveling so much that there's so many people so many people of every country who go in and out of China all the time. Right. That's one and of the then, reasons. And then China doesn't lock it down soon enough, and then they well, lie about every, it. Because, well, because every government yeah. – you'll note the track record of every government that is in, has been involved in this until – and I'm not, I'm not absolving the Chinese government of any, every, anything at all. Yeah. But the, but the fact of the matter is you look at every government who's been dealing with this, and they've all been – some of them have been making some really big mistakes. Uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot of dumb government stuff to to spread around, including some of our own. So I mean, it's, it's almost like we're in the middle of a pandemic movie, right? Well, the the good news is is that for the for the vast majority of the world, it seems they're not quite as dumb as most uh, authority figures in pandemic movies. Because in pandemic movies, authority <laughs> figures are kind of like they're kind of like um, the military in a Michael Bay movie. You know, <laughs> they're big and loud and things go boom. But basically you go, did you guys ever receive any training whatsoever? Because I'm pretty sure that's not how that's done. <laughs> well, and and you have to wonder, too, because this is such an an odd thing as, as far as, you know, pandemics don't happen every year i mean you have oh, you have sure. the flu you have flu season you have a number of people that die from the flu but as far as this being this giant thing it's that's not a normal set of circumstances so i well, can understand a lot of people you know stumbling and and bumbling around trying to figure sure. out how to get a handle on this thing because it's such an an unusual set of circumstances and it's it an is, extreme but... set of circumstances but interestingly enough, on a historical level, and there's a lot of things that are that you, know, you can't. There, there's no one-to-one -one historical parallels here. But one also has to bear in mind that uh, up until really the 20th century, we had these kinds of outbreaks much more often. Mm -hmm. um, we just didn't. They, they didn't get. God, I, they didn't get the exposure, which of course is, is a loaded word when it comes to, to medical things, but. They didn't, you know, they were, they, the communities weren't as connected and, and so they were isolated. Right. But America, America has had quite a few uh, in the you know, 18th and 19th centuries. Yeah. There, were, there were a lot of different times when, when there were uh, epidemics of one kind or another. Europe saw them, of course, of course, the classic, you know, the Black Death and things like that. Um, you know, this is, we, we actually kind of lived in a bit of a bubble 
in the latter part of the 20th century uh, where we did not, I mean, even things like SARS and MERS and, and some of these other things that, you know, they, they you know, the coronavirus is, there's, coronaviruses have been around for a long, long time. Yeah, the com and, common cold is a coronavirus. And so the, the, the fact that this particular one is hitting us now, um, you know, is clearly, you know, the mortality rate is not what we want. The infection rate is not what we want. Obviously, these, are t these can be very, very scary things for people. But historically, you know, we, we kind of, you and I grew up in a period where we just didn't have that stuff. Yeah. But the couple generations before us, they did. And generations before that, and they had lots of them. So we actually kind of got lucky um, for a long time. And it's kind of like, uh, it's that weird feeling. And a friend of mine mentioned this to me the other day. And, and at first it felt really weird to hear it. And then I kind of went, yeah, it's kind of like September 11th. Because we, America had avoided, you know, we hadn't had that kind of true terrorist attack, that kind of death, the death scale of death with somebody else attacking us. And, you know, you saw all these people in Europe going, well, we really sympathize but have you met the IRA? No. Have you met, you know, the, you know, the very, there's been lots of groups that have, and, and I remembered when in 2000, when I was coming back from the UK, I went to visit for three weeks and we were getting ready to fly back. And even after the peace, it was after the peace deal, but there was still stuff happening. Sure. You know, because peace deals, you know, things, things don't all just stop, things fade away. Um, they closed a bridge because of a bomb threat and we missed our flight back to the US mm. because you know we we didn't realize that you really kind of needed to check the news every morning to make sure that you know this wasn't closed because this stuff was still going on the US had missed all of that and in a larger scale you know the world has missed that for like the past 75 80 100 years um, where we just haven't had the kind of exposure and we I'm not I don't like to say we were due because that makes it sound like because we weren't. I mean, no, nobody, we, none of us should have to deal with this sort of thing. But yeah. it's the, the thing is, is that this is not, you know, this is not actually a new experience. The scale, we are so connected. We are, the, you know, we travel so much around the world. I think there's, I was reading a, reading a think piece, I can't remember where, where somebody was talking about how what they fear one of the downsides of this is, is that that feeling where you could get on a plane and fly and, and learn about Italy or, or, or uh, Zimbabwe or, you know, Costa Rica or Antarctica or, you know, St. Petersburg. You go these places that we do mm -hmm. far more than we ever have been able to before. That's just going to stop. Well, not only that, but the, the things that we take for granted as useful and constructive also kind of start to fall apart the, the our our not necessarily traditions but our our oh what's the word i'm looking for um my mind has just gone blank on the word are you think are you thinking kind of like the the social interactions that we, well, we traditionally enjoy? not necessarily I mean, that but things like the tsa and and you know all of this stuff that you know the bureau the bureaucracy 
level of things that really show how unnecessary a lot of it is you know the joke the joke that that you know what we did in a meeting could have been done in an email that kind of thing where you have a lot of companies that are sitting there saying well we could we can't do anything online you can't work from home you can't work from home can't work from home well now all of us have never is working from home so you get those the the conventions of the day sure are you know everybody has the expectation that the the industry that you're in the career that you're in all of these different things are a certain way and now we're learning that they're not necessarily right. so and i think there i think you're going to see a paradigm shift there in mm-hmm. terms of you know, just how many people realize that there's a lot of this stuff that really doesn't need to be this way and yeah, well, maybe that's a good plus, thing there's some plus sides definitely some plus sides to that because uh, i was seeing that there've been a number of people who you know for health reasons or disability reasons or you know or just they they can't go to school mm-hmm. and they've been told they can't they can't take the class online because you know for whatever whatever reason the university or the or the college or whatever has says they just can't do that yeah. well now they can and the, the excuse that we just don't do that is kind of like oh actually mm-hmm. yeah you do so i mean that's yeah. that, that opens things up to folks in a way that you know that's that's a that's a positive side where they're able to do something they weren't able to do before because of a policy that really was about we don't want to change really I mean, you know, it's or or a cost that they were like, we don't think we, should, we need to spend that money. But now that they have spent the money, it's going to be like, well, sure. <laughs> it gives you well, it does it certainly does give give you more options as far as some some things uh, in the world go. So it it'll be interesting to see how how that plays out after all of this is done. What, sure. What. What changes now, and then goes back to the way it was, as opposed to things that change now and stay changed, and we have a new, a new normal, based on what we know we can get away with, what we know we don't need, what can we, what can we toss aside? I have a feeling sure. that a lot of manufacturing is going to come back here, um, you know, from, from the economic side of things. I mean. You know, we're getting a little into the weeds here as far as non-genre topic, but this pandemic really is just affecting everything. It affects, you know, it's affecting the movie and TV industry. It's affecting the the publishing industry. It's affecting comic books. You know, we did a whole hour and a half on Sunday about how this is hurting the comic book industry. And now we find out today Diamond is, is suspending everything they're they're basically saying we're not taking any new books from any publisher of comic books and what's in the warehouse will be delivered and then that's it i mean well and to some degree i think that you're running into the fact that there's there's some indications and i think i think this is still up in the air but i've seen a couple things about (laughs) indications of the this you know the the virus being able to survive on a surface for you know quite a long period of time right um so if you've got something you know how do how do you disinfect a comic book? Point. I mean, yeah. generally generally speaking, paper products do not survive disinfectant all that well unless yeah. you've got you know 
pretty, well, pretty nifty infra, uh, uh, ultraviolet light setup. You know, the various kind of you know more technical stuff. There's not that's not available to most. And and the other thing you've got too is with so many different states and cities and and municipalities doing this whole shelter in in place and you know the shutdowns and the quarantines and all of that. There's really not a good way for the customers to get to the stores. Right. I mean, you could do the whole drive-by, you know, pickup and you know curbside pickup and all of that. And some stores are still doing a number of those, but uh, we've got right now eight stores and uh, not eight stores, eight states rather. And I believe Massachusetts is about to do it, so that'll be nine. Um, Cardi Angelo, who's got two comic book shops, Earth Two, out in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, we interviewed him during our Starlog series, but he posted on Twitter today, uh, I believe, that uh, out of with those eight eight states going completely into into lockdown mode on a state level, mm-hmm. you have th- almost thirty five percent of the direct market getting affected. Yeah, and when Massachusetts drops into that and then you have a number of cities like Kansas City being being one for example Dallas is another one where they basically say all non-essential stuff just stops and and everybody stay home well that affects that kind of thing where you can still sure. do the curbside but now when you've got the 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 city government saying don't do it um and I saw something what was it Kansas City Star I think Apparently, if because we've got the the lockdown starting tomorrow, and I I think I read that if anybody is caught out violating the lockdown, it's a five hundred dollar misdemeanor fine. It's it's if you're caught clearly doing something that is not going to a store, going from one point A to point B. If you're just out and about, it's more. And they they say you can still go walking. So you want to go walking, right? Um, but it's like you know you have to maintain the distance thing. You know they they're basically going, you know, look if you are clearly doing the things that we have said are not in your health interests right now, you're going to be you're going to have the penalty. There's now the part of that article that concerned me is that there does seem to be a question of who decides what that means and it yeah. seems to be that there's a little bit of a little too much vagueness there where the police get to make that decision well and and see then that's a that's another thing where you have a lot of people that are concerned about government overreach in all of this where you know and and not just on the local law enforcement level but you know people are making noise about martial law and you know what what states of emergencies give you know what powers that gives sure. to the government and and that sort of thing how many rights are about to be suspended how many rights are about to be violated are we are we at hunger games level uh uh, dystopia yet i mean there's there's a lot so of there's much. a lot of concern about oh, this sure. you know well, and, and rightly so i think i think there's I th- well the uh there has has been an, a noticeable tendency in in the history of humanity for people to take advantage of a bad situation for their own benefit um this is not a new phenomenon mm-hmm. uh, it's not a good <laughs> phenomenon and um I, it should not be encouraged however um, if you are a student of history, then you probably look at this and go, you know the, how this could go bad. 
Um, yeah. And and you know there is there is a legitimate question when when someone says we're doing this for your own good, whether or not that is in fact the case. And you know you want you want to believe that it is that the people that you've put in power are going to try and you know have your best interests at least somewhere in the vicinity of their heart yeah um but uh you know we also we also have seen these things and and because this is this could be a really you know kind of a grim conversation let's talk about how this <laughs> how this uh, uh, uh shows up in in in, in genre fiction <laughs> We could. I mean, I mean, it's this nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but you know, well, so because that's really the point of this 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 episode is really to talk about the you know, there's a thing that when we when we get into when when people get into situations like this or after a disaster things like that, it's mm-hmm. historically it, it's been that people often turn to fiction that is at least something that they can you know they can they suddenly relate to. Right. So. Uh, and, and horror and science fiction are, are very much in that wheelhouse. Um, well, and, and Robert Meyer Burnett made a point the other day when he was talking about uh, modern era Star Trek uh, and how from 2009 on it was all informed by 9-11. Sure. Where you had, you know, now you have everything is darker and there are more explosions and it's more violent and and, and that kind of thing. And... I I heard the other day, and this 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 is kind of kind of off on a tangent for this, but the comparison between, um, well, actually it was it was my it was my son who made the observation comparing Picard and Deep Space Nine, and the the dark tones of Picard uh, he's not too thrilled with and he said you know Deep Space Nine was dark it, you know you had your war story but it you know at the end of the day you still got this hopeful part of things this hopeful aspect of it and with Picard not so much and it it kind of threw me into thinking about all of the dystopian fiction that we have had over the years and all of those different, you know, films and the stories, you know, the books and the short stories and whatnot. And some of them have better endings than others. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, yeah and, we, and we've talked about the dystopian future fiction a, a number of times on this show. And, and for a while there, it felt like that's all we were getting. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there was just this glut of everything's doom and gloom and we don't have electricity and we don't have water and we don't have, uh, you know, any, any, any signs of civilization anymore. And I thought, enough already. And coming out of this, I, I'm, I am anticipating another glut of dystopian zombie fiction that is just, uh, we're just going to choke on it, I think. You know, I, I was thinking about that, and I'm not sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's probable. I mean, you're probably right. But I actually was thinking that 
exactly the kind of stuff that I want to listen to or or read right now or watch. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, we... I watch The Walking Dead shows because I do a podcast about it. Um, but I don't... Most dystopian future movies and books don't interest me all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are quite good. I mean, there's some really great ones out there and, and some of them I quite enjoy, but it's not a it's not a part of the genre that I'm like, I can't wait to read the latest thing about how the world fell, you know, how right. humanity was on its last legs and things like that. Um, because some of the, like I said, some of those books are amazing and they're about ultimately about hope. Um, and some of them are amazing because they're not. They're incredibly grim, but they're still written so well that you're like, I am sucked in and I feel, you know, I, I don't feel good when I've finished reading this book, but God, it was good, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's a few like that, but. Well, and there's that one, that one movie that you had talked about at one, at one point, it was a horror film, a, a foreign horror film where you saw it once and you, you've decided <laughs> martyrs you, martyrs yeah you martyrs, see yeah. it see it once and you're done and you never want to see it again it's I, I think i think it's one of the i think it's an amazing movie and if i never see it again i'll be happy because yeah. it's so it, it's one of the few horror films like horror films don't scare me i mean they just i mean i i know too much about them i i don't i don't react to that I mean, the real world scares me in mm. ways that that the cinematic world never will um but that film left. I mean, I was. I, I, I would say I was rattled. I mean, if nothing else, it was like you know, because it's, it's such an interesting, and I and I guess that's a recommendation, folks. I mean, it, trust me, it is. It is one of the most violent and gory films I have seen, and yet it is so. I think it's extremely well written. It's shot beautifully, uh-huh. and it's got an interest. It's got an interesting story. And so it, I think that might be that might be one of the biggest issues I had with it was because it was so well done that I couldn't sit there and go, God, these characters are terrible. I hate them all, but the gore is cool. You know, it's, it was right. more like everything about this film is so well crafted, and it, so it just gets under your skin. But um, but it's not a post-apocalyptic. Well, it's a on an individual level for the people involved, but that's not you know. No. <laughs> Um, but I mean, you look at some of this stuff that you know. You go back to your classics. I mean, you go to, you know, I Am Legend by Matheson. Um, you know, it's been made into uh, how many? What three, three movies? Now? Three movies. Yeah, three adaptations. Uh, um, of which, the Vincent Price Last Man on Earth um, is oddly enough. Um, Probably the truest adaptation. I know Matheson was not a fan. He didn't think uh, Price was right for the part. Yeah. Um, but Charlton Heston and the Omega Man, um, which was a Charlton Heston movie. Um, <laughs> and then Will Smith's I Am Legend, which is about 75% of that film, I think, is really well done because it shows the isolation and, and, and kind of you know, gives you a sense of, of, of Will Smith's character's mental state. It's the, it's the fact that they completely, you know, seem to have missed the point of the novel in the in the in the climax of the movie um even even changing the creatures the way that they did they still missed the point of the novel hollywood has a tendency to do that which is which blows my mind with things like that because the the twist and, and if you haven't if you folks haven't read uh i am legend go back and read the novel okay richard matheson fantastic writer fantastic genre writer um 
last uh, it, it, it is it has got a twist ending that I'm not going to give away. It's you can find it if you want to know. It's really easy to find, mm-hmm. um, but but they've never managed to pull it off. They came closest in in uh, Vincent Price with Vincent Price, but um, even then. <clears throat> They missed out on the horror, the real horror aspect of that at the end too. So, it's a, it's a shame because it, I think it's a very filmable book. If they just got someone to sit there and go, no, no, I'm going, I'm going to make the movie of Richard well, Matheson's novel. You know the way things are right now, we could go shoot it. Ah, uh, well, you know, right, if you the want, streets you are want, empty. The streets are empty, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, this is. If you are an independent filmmaker and you're not in danger of getting, you know, uh, arrested for it, uh, for for your own good, then then this is a great time to pick up shots of empty streets. Uh, you will you will not well hopefully you won't see them this empty again for a long long time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and yeah, there's there's a lot of fantastic um, there's a lot of fantastic fiction, uh, film, TV. Uh, I was looking. Um, you know, Day of the Triffids, uh-huh. a British film. Um, you've got uh, um, all kinds of stuff that a lot of it, and a lot of it flies into the radar. I was uh, here's here's a recommendation for, recommendation for you folks. If you are not reading Nick Harkaway, and you are a genre fan, um, there are at least two of his books that fall into that category. He's a British author. He's a son of uh, John Le Carre. Oh, so okay. he uh, uh, comes from a writing family. Uh, his book, The Gone Away World, is a is a post end of the world novel, where there has been the big war finally happened, and in the course of the war, a new type of weapon was developed, called basically the Gone Away Bomb, and when you have when you set it off, when it's when everything's died down the enemy has gone away hmm. um there's a problem <clears throat> they haven't gone away entirely there's something left that people just call the stuff that if it touches you it changes you oh. and there is one co- and and there's one company that has this has the 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 treatment to keep this from spreading and so they of course become in the grand traditions of science fiction um, the multinational, you know, take over the world company. Um, this novel plays very, very heavily with the tropes of the genre. Okay, it's the sure. post-apocalyptic novel. It's the evil corporation. It's got kung fu monks. It's got <laughs> battling mimes. It's are there got, Gundams? There are no Gundams, no. but but oh, well, there are. Funny. But there are SUVs tricked out with lots and lots of weapons, um, and it's so, all set, Mad it's all Max set, type stuff. Huh? Yeah, and it's all set in a in a post apocalyptic UK, um, and on some levels it's hysterically funny, and on others it's also a, kind of a it's a coming of age story and a and a question of what it means to be a person. Um, I really I laughed a lot with this book but it's got some neat ideas not to mention it's got kung fu fights in the post-apocalyptic <laughs> world with shape-shifting monsters oh it's, fun how can you go wrong it's like uh you know there's all a, the all the saturday morning cartoons rolled into one there yeah there's a there's a, a book that i just read it's in our review pile i still got to get a review written 
um, called Echoes of War. It's by Cheryl Campbell, I believe, um, who is uh, jumping into science fiction for the first time. She's been a fantasy writer, mm-hmm. and this is her first hard science fiction book. It's a, a first of a trilogy. And the the basic gist of it is there's uh, aliens have invaded, and they have the ability to um, uh, regenerate when they get killed, mm-hmm. kind of like a Time Lord. Um, but when they regenerate, they regenerate back into child form so they could grow up again. Oh, okay. And a lot of times they retain their memories. And then you have the half-human, half-aliens, and they're called Echoes. And for whatever reason, they're, they're, they're considered valuable. The aliens want to get them to... to I think the Echoes are the ones who, who regenerate, if I remember okay. right. Sure. I need to go back and look. So the the idea there is, um, you know, there's a war and there's a resistance movement. It's the dystopian future again. Sure, right. And, you know, the battle for the planet is is there. And that we want to kick the aliens off, but at the same time, you know, you've got all this group of people that are half alien. What do you do with them? But the 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 recycle the the regenerating part it's kind of interesting because your our, your lead character, uh, Danny, she's a she's an echo, and to to watch her process that, mm-hmm. and you know her character arc going through there is is fairly interesting. But it's uh, it, it's unusual in that this book doesn't necessarily play with all of the usual tropes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some in there. There were a couple of times where it felt like Falling Skies, for instance, over on on TNT when that was here. Because mm-hmm. um, there's only a certain... There's only so many different ways that you could do an alien invasion. I mean, I mean if, if that's your thing. And if the aliens invade and if they take over and the humans are going to fight back... There, there's a certain, there's a certain mix of of elements there that right, you've sure. come, we, we've all come to expect. Um, but it's it's the idea that everything lately, and we haven't seen them as much as we did with you know when books like The Hunger Games came out and Divergent and and that group, right, yeah. where. The alien invasion means a, an, a, a post-apocalyptic society. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always one, one is connected to the other. There's, there's wartime, and now there's devastation, and the humans are fighting for scraps in the streets. And I have to wonder if, if we ever did get to that point, how accurate would that be? <laughs> it would, because and and now we have a kind of a case study. Now, it's not an alien invasion, but we're essentially in the zombie apocalypse. How are people reacting? They're all grabbing toilet paper off the shelves. I mean, it's it's it it blows every uh, every expectation, every stereotype of the of the apocalypse out of the water for me and and the next pandemic movie toilet paper's got to be a got to be a plot device at some point there's got to be something there 
because well, you know i i don't wonder if full moon you know corona zombies uh, from full moon is going to have anything in it about toilet paper probably not considering when they started doing it but i mean i, I would imagine they probably still have time to sneak something in it'll be in the sequel this is this of course is just plays into that that curious thing i mean I, you know there's there's sort of this unwritten rule that you just don't show people going to the bathroom yeah. In, uh, you know, unless, unless it's a comedy movie and it's played for laughs, sure, right? sure. Uh, or it's a horror film and it's a shower scene where someone has to die. You know, it's all these the this you know we American American TV and film has long had this certain amount of you know bodily functions that we all do, and, and I'm not saying we need to see them because we don't. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, um, it. That's I'd, be, what, I'd be I'd be I'd be thinking that they would end up playing that for laughs. Yeah, that's one of Mindy's interest. one of Mindy's complaints about the show tour is if you've got a show and it completely ruins that whole well, suspension got, of disbelief. He, he's got that this is that this explains why he's in such a bad mood. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Just, I can I can really he's really, really stuffed up. Yeah. And it's just causing him issues in fact it's really all the whole thing is just a hallucination where he's just sure. dealing with the fact that yeah <laughs> well and it's funny you should mention that because uh i remember one time my grandmother got uh, uh a uti mm-hmm. and older people are certainly more susceptible to this but the infection uh actually did affect her perception of things and she was sure. hallucinating and she was you know seeing people who weren't there and mistaking other people for you know other sure. you know and you know misidentifying folks and and remembering things differently than what actually happened and it, and it really does it really does have an have an effect and it's something well, you got to watch for illness illness you know you, we our our minds are very susceptible to what our body what is our body is doing and and you know, there's there's science behind that, and and the effects of our, you know, what our mind is doing has effects on our body. And well, and I think that's one of the things that uh, hasn't hasn't really been talked about a lot. I mean, it's probably been touched on uh, more than I've seen because I haven't really, you know, I've I've been hunkered down in the bunker and not really been paying attention a lot to to mainstream media so much. Because I've been following all of the all of the Comic Con stuff and the convention things and sure. and and the genre side of things that aren't being reported on places like CNN or New York Times or whatever, and um, the the thing that strikes me on this viral outbreak is a lot of people are talking about the virus, but they're not talking about the secondary pathologies. They're not talking about well, yes, these people died. And it was a virus-related death, but it wasn't the virus that killed them. It was the heart problem. It was the right. diabetes. It was the cancer. It was the depressed immune system. Because of these other conditions, the virus just kind of puts the, the final twist on that and complicates things. But it's not the actual virus that's killing people. And yeah, I mean, certainly that there's there's people who will the virus will be the the actual real cause of death but a lot of it is it's your it's a pre-existing condition yeah it's something that you are you weren't aware that you had it's something that you're already struggling with 
Um, it can put you, you know, if your immune, if your immune system is already weaker than it should be, uh, a lot of this stuff attacks you in a way that if you were healthier, it wouldn't have the same impact. It's just the, it's, it's a, uh, it's a combo deal and it's not a good one. No, it's not. You know what we haven't talked about? What? The fact that this is March 23rd. Yeah, this is this is a, a good day. It's a fairly significant respects. day for us yeah, because it's, it's our eleventh anniversary, our eleventh birthday. We are we are eleven years old today. Which um, means we're about in this what the sixth grade. <laughs> well, I think it depends on if we're talking about human years or dog years. Uh, I mean, because I certainly, <laughs> I certainly feel tired enough to be around seventy-seven. We're closer um, to dog ears, yeah. Yeah, but closer to dog ears in sixth grade. Yeah. Um, now I was on I was on Peter Samitty's stream earlier uh, this evening and was able to talk about you know some of the stuff that we do and and uh, we've managed to pick up a few new subscribers uh, off of that and and those of you who are new to the to the channel, uh, welcome. We hope you yes. stick around and we hope you welcome. like what you see. So um, one of the things that uh, we had talked about a long time ago uh, was you know doing doing a big anniversary marathon and and doing a live stream for like 24 hours or so and maybe this weekend I don't know I'm, I'm still debating in my head whether or not I'm up for it because I'm just tired all the time <laughs> but uh, you know it's an opportunity but see on the flip side of that there's an opportunity here because um, you know all of these comic cons getting getting canceled. You have a number of authors, you have comic writers and and artists who don't have that forum now mm -hmm. to talk about their work. And you know they were going to be on panels, and we, and now we can't be on panels. Um, Wizard World is doing some virtual stuff that they've just started rolling out. Um, I've been talking to some people at Read Pop. Uh, you know to see if there's a possibility there that we could help them with some stuff. And it's, there's an opportunity here where we can sit there and we use all of these hashtags that have started cropping up uh, in in the wake of all of this. And who knows, maybe we can do a 24 hour marathon where we can do interviews with people about the things that they're doing. You know, not sure. just, not just, Here's my Patreon. Here's my art. Sell, sell the thing, and you know I'm open for commissions. Not that. Um, more substantive interviews and discussions with creators about you know how they got started, what their process is, you know, all of the different things that you would expect in a regular profile interview, and not the sales pitch. So. Maybe we'll do something like that. I'm, I, I'm, I'm still figuring out logistics of all of that because, you know, now that we're all locked down in place, you know, all of it's going to have to be virtual. So, you know, who's available? What are we going to do? What are the, what are the technical aspects of it? But you know, I, it's been in the back of my head to do kind of a 24-hour marathon thing for a while for the anniversary, and it sneaked up on me. Mm -hmm. And yesterday it hit me oh this is the 22nd oh tomorrow's the 23rd and you know it it almost completely blew past me because of everything else that's been going on 
you know we've been concentrating so much on you know the you know the daily reports that we've been doing on the convention circuit changes that right. you know i i didn't even realize that we were that it was here until hey here it is so i don't know we'll have to see what happens happy birthday to us <laughs> see and now you can sing that without having without having to worry about paying a royalty <coughs> that's true yeah <coughs> oh, <excuse me. clears throat> uh and you've got a birthday coming out, what, in May? In May, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. So, and I just had one here not too long ago, so. We'll hopefully be able to celebrate that uh, uh, outside of the virtual world. Uh, we'll hopefully, see. Hopefully. So, it's, it's one of those things where you just, it, it's so surreal on certain levels. I mean, like we talked about before, I'm I, I sit here all day. This is not anything new for me to just be here in the office and I just do this and then this is my thing. And I'm here from nine or two, nine or ten o'clock in the morning to midnight, one a.m. working on stuff. Right. Whether sure. I'm I'm making TV commercials, I'm making web videos, I'm doing stuff for this. This is normal for me to just to to be isolated like this. But now to know that it's imposed on me feels a little weird. Yeah. And to watch social media as people start to really figure out what it means to be self-isolating or, you know, quarantine a lockdown and and see how many people are actually going star crazy um i have i have sworn to myself that we are not getting on tiktok <laughs> that's okay there's it's no reason not happening there's no reason to be on tiktok not happening at all and you know, every now and again, I think about whether or not we need to be on Snapchat, and and, and I circle around to a big resounding no. We do. We we're on enough. We're on enough social media channels. I think that we can. We can. I will say, that. I've seen some. I've seen some neat little things on Instagram. I've got a friend of mine um, uh, who used to live here in town, and she was an actress here, and and she and her husband uh, uh, moved away, and they've got a little kid. And one of the things that she's doing is every day she's dressing up as a different character. Mm-hmm. And getting taking pictures of herself and 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 she's I mean they're super creative sure and and her kid you know her kids in there with a lot of those pictures because it's you know it's a it's a family thing to entertain them and I'm thinking you know she's finding the place to do the cool fun thing where even as a performer she's able to do the the makeup and the costume she did a really incredible she made herself up to look like Van Gogh from the famous portrait oh right. Right. And and I thought it I mean I was thought that was really it was a really impressive makeup job. Uh, well, and, and a lot of cosplayers cool. a lot of cosplayers are doing that too where you have, you know, they're they're, you know, hunkered down in place and they're working on different costumes and different projects and they're doing a lot of, you know, work in progress and and know as as we construct the thing and work on the armor and they're doing a bunch of you know progress videos and and that sort of thing 
and you know, for some people it's it's easier to do than others you know because no you, you know it you're either used to it or you're not it's something that is something that you're going to figure out or you're not going to figure it out and for us it's kind of you know this has just kind of been our thing um i i don't know that we'll ever get to the point where we're going to be doing any dance numbers on instagram probably not no i don't i don't foresee that i don't begrudge anybody who is doing that however but yeah i we're not however and even so yes (laughs) but uh and, and and that reminds me you know talk about talk about costumes and and uh and instagram we have new episodes of the cosplay diaries that we still need to edit because we shot a number of those interviews i think we shot 16 of them at c2e2 and we had planned to shoot more at uh fan expo dallas and that's that's been derailed but uh and we will when we get there uh, we just haven't been able to do it because the event got postponed. But yeah, we have we have those that we've still got to cut together. So um, lots of new content still to uh, to put out on our channel. So, but it's still it's just you know it's crazy time. Oh, yeah. it's a crazy yeah. time it just is, seeing it's... how all of this is playing out. Well, again, the other thing to bear in mind for, for everyone who's dealing with this is remember that, you know, um, the the pros and cons of the instant media thing that we have here. Like I said, this 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 is not a new thing for for us as as a species. And it's not, you know, in the like 100 years ago, this was a lot more common. But you got a newspaper from the coast like once a month. Yeah. You know, so you didn't have the instant feedback. So there's, there's unfortunately, fortunately, because information travels quicker now, you can get if 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 something comes up where it's like this is working or or this isn't working, don't do this thing. Uh, we can find that out rather quickly. Unfortunately, we all can also just hear how much everyone else is uh, struggling with this, which kind of feeds into that feeling of, of you know, struggling with it. Well, and, and I think we feed, uh, we feed on it our, ourselves, which is, I mean, it's perfectly normal. It's, it's, yeah. it's how people are. But I think part of it, too, is uh, and, and you and I have talked about this a little bit before um, the. Coming from my background in media, mm-hmm. let me preface it with that. Having been in media now for. 30 some odd years the phrase if it bleeds it leads has there's a reason why that has stuck around for so long and I think that not not all of the media uh, I I don't want to paint with too broad a brush but I do think that there are some some segments of the media that are seeing this as an opportunity you know whether it's an opportunity for ratings or an opportunity to attack the president or an opportunity to one-up the other network or the competition or you know, or make a name for themselves you know whatever their motivation is yeah there there is some irresponsible reporting um and, and it's that that 
chicken little sky is falling doom and gloom everybody's going to die tomorrow stuff that has not helped either now there's been a lot of it but no there's been enough and you combine that with what's being done over on social media where everybody is 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 worried and concerned and there's not enough actual data yet and there's not enough factual information coming out of any place and and it's all kind of hit and miss and it all kind of piles in on itself and compounds on itself and now you've got you know people hoarding toilet paper and it's well you've also got the flip side of that where people who are just like you know they're they're taking that to the extreme where i heard it i heard it on the news therefore it can't be true and then you hear like the the, those people who went down to spring break and they're like we're just eh, whatever and they come back and they've got coronavirus it's like well guys you know we told you not to do that (laughs) that reminds me um and 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 bearing in mind that we stay pg-13 or better here Mm -hmm. so with i'm i'm putting that caveat out there so apparently and i ran across this uh today just you know in in the scroll that you do apparently belgium the government of belgium had to issue an edict that playtime let's say for people of three or more should not be going on because apparently last weekend there was some uh there was a party and it ended up some 500 different people at an orgy and 360 of them ended up exposed and belgium had to sit there and go okay um none no more of this <laughs> but they actually had to issue issue an order um that that certain parties of a of a certain proclivity don't do that thing and don't do that thing with so many people thing and yeah so if you can't go without an orgy (laughs) for a few months it's really you need to to talk to a professional yeah so but 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 it's reassuring to know that it's not just the 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 spring breakers here in the united states there there are there are dumb people everywhere there is a there is a video that i just saw on twitter today where it was somebody talking about how they think they're 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 little pieces of joy that they're getting in this and it's it's a bunch of clips of italian mayors and politicians oh yes who have just lost their temper with this it's like we will come to your homes (laughs) with flamethrowers yeah Yeah. (laughs) i was like like that's a little extreme but there's this guy he sees these two he's he's a mayor of this italian town there's these two guys standing there playing ping pong in on this beach and he goes you can't play ping pong here (laughs) go home well and and you know it's it's funny on one level but on the other level you you do i mean there's that real concern you go back to at what point do we lose at well do we lose our liberties but do we give up our liberties well it's that is that you got to strike that balance on the one hand but on the other hand you don't want to be irresponsible with national health so it's like like, what can we what can we do what should we do i think it's the trade-off it's not you're not giving up your liberties you still have your rights um but i think there's this 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 social compact Mm. that we, we we should in theory we all should know that we are in 
which is we're all part of the same culture where we're all sort of, you know, whatever that culture is. Yeah. And, and, and so your, your job as a citizen um, is to in, you know, and you don't have to support everything blindly. That's foolish. But you, you when a situ, when a situation like this arises, when a, when a crisis happens, the idea is is that we all pull together in at mm. least something resembling the general direction. Well, um, and, and the flip side of that is you don't automatically reject something just because a certain person says it. Well, yeah, you, you know, should. That's not constructive it. either. Right. I mean, so it's but but the idea somehow that that them saying, look. If you if you just stay home for the next two weeks, things could actually be better. We don't know that they're going to be, but we yeah. think they could be. Therefore, we're asking everyone to please do this. You know, and and the thing is, is that, frankly, um, again, you go back to not that long ago, realistically and in real time, we didn't travel as much as we do. Yeah, even within our own towns even within our own states, even within our own countries, there are people who have never left the farm they were born on and they are still alive and they, you know, and their parents didn't leave the farm, you know, it's like you, you went into town once a month. Yeah, you go to market. Yeah, and, yeah. and, that, and there are still places in the, people, in the country and all over the world where people still live like that and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not that long ago that we were, that, that was a lot more widespread. You, the, 20, the 20th century, 19th century and the 20th century especially, mm -hmm. saw the, build, the building blocks of the world we live in now. And we forget that it wasn't that long ago that, you know, it wasn't that long ago there, uh, this country, we had cities in lockdown because of World War II. And yeah. we weren't even, and we weren't even a bombing target you know, for right. you know, the planes didn't get over here. Um, but the the idea somehow that the government is taking away your liberties because they say, look, okay, stay home so you don't catch or spread the illness. You know, we're not asking for the rest of your life. We're asking for, you know, we, we don't know how long it's gonna be. And that's, that's, I think for some people, that's the concern is that this could turn into yeah, but the fear is that this could turn into, you know. Well, I think the other part of that is the effect that it's going to have on the economy, because oh, sure. you know you have so many people now that can't work because they've been told to stay home, yeah. and now what do you do? It's not just, it's not just the fact that, you know, everything is shut down. Is that your means for generating an income to take care of your family is now. Sure. Oh, yeah. on it's, hold it's, and it's, suspended so yeah it's yeah. it's a it's a scary time it, it is a cause for concern i remember uh when when they shut down the big 12 tournament and there was a lot of gallows humor let's say sure um because it it's such an uncertain time you know we haven't been here in a hundred years and you know i i wasn't alive the last time we had a plague you know so it's it's one of those things where you know we're for for a, a, a good majority of us we're treading 
new sure. territory. Sure. We've never been here before. Well, and so. I, yeah, I think that, I think that you know, it's, it is one thing to sit there and say we've been here before, but yeah, so many of us haven't gone through it. But it's, um, in fact, I, I'd be really surprised if there are too many people who, you know, alive now who can really speak to that in from the last time America had to really struggle with something like this. But yeah. even so, um, you know, there's it doesn't change the fact that it's it's a huge huge disruption for the way that we the way we've been living and it's going to change the way we live going forward and um, it's going to change the way we do business with a lot of people too yeah it is so. and i think that that's the the biggest concern i have when it's all said and done is that um we have well when it's all said and done because my biggest concern right now is the health of my friends and my family and myself sure um, and that we get through this because, you know, you look at some of the numbers, God, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this. You look at some of the numbers that they say worst case scenario and you do the math and you go, you know, that's a lot of people. And statistically speaking, how many of those people do I know? And that makes, you know, makes your heart hurt, right? So I, I have yet, not to think about that. Yeah. I have yet to run into anybody that I know who's, who's got a, who's, but I'll tell you what, Jason and I was just at, this. when we had uh, when we had um, the here in town, of course, the city council was doing the budget. I've been talking about the budget. And one of the things that, that was we were looking at, we we're looking at in Kansas City is the arts budget being slashed. Now, under right. the circumstances, it's probably slashed, um, but it was a lot of it's it's the old argument in many ways that, you know, what is the benefit of the arts, um, you know, and sure. and. And from somebody who grew up in the arts and still thinks that it's one of the dumbest decisions the the education model in the U.S. has is that it really downplays the arts. Oh, agreed. Um, because I think that they're incredibly important for a well-rounded education. That's a bit of you know, and I could go on a soapbox. I'm not gonna. Um, but anyway, they 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 had these large meetings where it's like go down and talk about it, and I went to one. And I was there with the city council, and we have what four city council members who are in isolation. Is, is, no. it, is it is it four? I haven't I think seen it's four. Um, so you know, I mean, and the, and and that room was packed. Oh yeah. I'm I mean, sure. it was hot and it was too crowded, and I'm pretty sure it violated a bunch of fire codes. Um, but people, people, it was the citizenry turning out to let their government know their opinion of this budget and the government would, had asked them to. I thought that was, it was a great example of civil engagement, right? Sure. Um, but, you know, it was not that long ago. And so, you know, it's entirely possible that, you know, people in that room, um, because, you know, the first cases of this thing were back in, like, what, the first cases were in November? um and or the first the, um, the, i think it was I'm, november i'm not sure in the first case in in the u.s no no i think the first cases i think the first cases the chinese were were saying were in november and then i think the first cases was it late december early january in the u.s yeah i think i think the first case here was i want to say seattle in early january maybe well it's the first case that we know that of. we know of yeah. and that's and that's you know that's some of the issues of this because again like you said early earlier it's the secondary condition or the the thing you're already struck you know suffering from that you don't know about that right. might end up being listed as the cause of death well and then they you have looking for a coronavirus yeah then you have the other the other part of that is 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 the early 
the early deaths, we had, I think, what, 26 in one nursing home in Seattle. Sure. So well, that's yeah. that skews the data uh, right there to start with because you're in a confined area in a in a, a certain age group demographic, and they're all already compromised health-wise. So it's hard, especially at the beginning, it was hard to predict how this thing was going to play out because all of the, sure. the statistics weren't weren't lined up nice and neat in a row. Well, we so, also we you know we've seen because because coronaviruses aren't new, we've seen them show up before, and and this one seems to be um, just enough more contagious and mm-hmm. just enough more uh, dangerous that you know when you look at the sheer number of you know get to a population center. You know, or you get into a nursing home or a hospital or, yeah. or these places where, you know, you, you're, you know, it's like some comedian used to say something about, you know, hating to go to the hospital because, you know, why would you want to go there? It's full of sick people. Um, and well, and yeah, and, and, you know, people have been saying, you know, if you start showing symptoms, don't go to the ER. Yeah. You know, stay at, you know, stay at home, self-isolate, you know, just, if we need to treat symptoms, we treat symptoms, but, you know, and uh, that's that all that said, though, um, also bear in mind that because this is a, seems to be affecting, you know, affecting you, uh, if you're already compromised in some way, you may reach a point where you're like, no, no, I have to go to the hospital. Don't right. don't ignore the actual signs of if you're if you are having this is a respiratory issue. This hits your upper respiratory system. If you can't breathe, if you're having difficulty breathing, here's your PSA for the night. If you're having difficulty breathing, call a doctor. Yeah. Because because just because and you know, it, don't do the flip side. Don't ignore it and and huh, don't ignore it because you don't you know you don't want to be bothered, but don't ignore it if you're in danger. Well, and I've heard a lot of a lot of advice that's come out over the last couple of days, especially has been, you know, if you start showing signs. And I believe that there's an element of this in the throat. So the catch in their throat and all of that. And I ran across my cousin sent me a thing the other day. Uh, basically saying if you uh, if you cut lemons you know lemon water every day not lemonade but you know lemons in water the citrus the vitamin C as part of that and gargling with stuff because apparently one way to reduce this getting into your system is to get it out of your mouth get it out of of you know this you know the stuff that you eat the stuff that you touch and whatever because it because it is a respiratory thing that it sometimes can you know it sometimes gets right in here in the throat and if you act early enough and aggressively enough you can get it you can get it before it gets you type of thing um, I don't know how much credence I put into that. I would but... say that's probably very anecdotal, but you know what? Um, a little bit of water with lemon isn't going to hurt you. Well, and you know, I've I've gone for it years. Yeah, well, I've gone for years eating pineapple, and you know, one of the one of the side benefits to pineapple is that it boosts, it boosts the immune system. I hardly ever get sick as it is, 
And you know, there's there's two there's two things that have been in my diet for as long as I've been you know as long as I've been eating, and that's pineapple and that's honey. And you know, if you're eating, especially if you're eating honey, when you, when you eat honey, you need to as much as you can eat honey from your area because the bees and the pollen and the, all of that, the allergens of your region are part of that process of how that honey is made. And so, you know, if I'm, if I'm eating, you know, if I've, if I've got honey in my system from this area, then I'm, I'm naturally building up an immunity to some of the allergens that are in this area. You know, I, I did the allergy test. I'm allergic to all the grass and all the trees and, yeah, it's it's easier for me to resist because of my diet, where I've had that in my system already. And pineapple, you know, has the benefit of of boosting the immune system too. So, I, it's hard for me to take this virus seriously. I know I need to, and I know I know it's a serious thing, and I know it's a crisis, and I get that. And my sister is a nurse. She says, just stay home. You know, the easiest thing, just stay home, stay away from everybody. Don't interact with anyone. Just stay home. And I have to wonder how much of how much of the, the the what we're seeing in the hospitals is people not staying home, and they're not necessarily symptomatic of that particular condition. But you know, the hospitals are overwhelmed by the people who oh, are worried that they have that condition. There's no question that there's no question that the, the hospitals and the medical system is a little, is overstressed right now. There's been, you can see, you know, states are putting out information all the time about how many, how many actual active beds they have available. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is that, so there's a very good chance that a good chunk of the country is going to get this virus. How, whether, some of, some of us are going to weather it extremely well. Yeah. Um, some of us are going to weather it not so well. They're going to feel like crap for a couple of weeks and then they're going to be fine. And some of us, you know, are going, and then it's going to scale all the way down to the folks who, it, there's a, uh, there was a news story about a young lady who felt, started to feel bad and two days later was dead, um, you know, because it's her fluid filled up in her lungs and she was like dead. Right. Um, so there's, there's a, there's a spectrum of reaction that we're all going to have here. And we all hope that we're going to fall on the, not as, you know, where we it's like getting a it is ends up being like getting a nasty cold and we're okay in a few weeks mm. we're, that's that's the hope right right um but the if the concern of course is that not only with like personal pr protective equipment um but the fact that if there is like a sudden influx of thousands of people who need to be who, who absolutely have to have medical treatment you know to survive or and or to get through this the the sheer number of beds that are required for that um, is just not there right now, and that's a concern because they they can they you know they do what they do their modeling they do they basically start sit there and go okay if then right, right so it's, right. A, it's a it's a lo it's a logic model you know if if a then b equals c and and so they have to look at the worst case scenarios because yeah. you have to try and plan for them with your fingers crossed going. I do not want this. I do not want this. I do not want this. Um, but if you need 50, if you've got 50,000 beds and you think about it, you think about like a state, 50,000 beds is actually 
a reasonable number for for a state to have in hospital beds in, in normal circumstances yeah normal circumstances sure um but if you've got you know if you're if you're the say the state of new york and the entire city of albany suddenly becomes sick and needs hospitalization what are you going to do right you know if you're if you're dallas or you're you know houston or you know oklahoma city you know you don't have the physical places to put those people or the equipment and well and the medical personnel the uk is basically said uh, <clears throat> if you're in your final year of medical school guess what yeah. you're a doctor now um if you are a retired doctor and are willing to come back to work you're hired um they are you know ramping up the and of course they have what 16 million 20 million uh population it's a much much smaller uh something uh, like that but um you know that's but they've changed they've changed their model of how they're doing things i think this is like the third version of what they're doing they've shifted a lot in the last couple of weeks from what they were they were planning to do because um they were actually going to try and do the uh herd immunity thing yeah and a bunch of a bunch of doctors sat there and went so how many body bags would you like and um and uh so there was some there they've shifted that now and, and they're going through some models unfortunately <coughs> heard uh, uh there have been uh my family my family is scottish so it's i'll follow a lot of news in scotland and unfortunately there's been a rising number of deaths there too shockingly the St scots being stubborn people and all i'm pretty sure there's a certain amount of bullheaded ignore the ignore the doctor's uh, mentality in certain aspects of that i'm afraid but uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> um yeah it's a it's a challenging time yeah um, it is not something uh that you want to have happen not something that uh that is is enjoyable at any at any part of this but um hopefully it is one of those experiences where we actually learn something about ourselves and can improve our systems that we well, have I'll tell in you place what. so i'll tell you what one of the things that i saw today that, that makes me feel good about people so i live in midtown kansas city and midtown kansas city for those of you who are not have never been to kansas city is a mixture of the very rich and the very poor um, pretty much every ethnic group you can imagine um, and uh, I've lived in this kind of neighborhood since I moved to Kansas City. Uh, I love the people. I love the the fact that I actually get to move to the place that I live now. The new apartment uh, is just on a different side of that community. Mm -hmm. Is great. I love it. Um, however, um, you know, it's like any community. You go out in the middle of this, and and you expect to see a mixture of uh, good good people and bad people doing good things and bad things because that's just humanity right. i uh <clears throat> i have a cat who gnaws on cords um and both of my cats uh, have been have reacted to this move with a certain amount of trauma hamish the big orange cat uh, has been particularly traumatized by the move uh, when he uh, uh i found him outside in the cold several years ago as a kitten and brought him in so that's the this may have been my old apartment may have been his only house he's known um and so this has been a very very trying time for him uh, sure. since he came over here yesterday 
and, and has been living here. Um, and he knows on cords. And so I, and in wiring up my apartment with the internet and all the things, um, there was, this is a lot, I have a lot more exposed cords, uh, electrical cords and, and, and cable cords than I did before. Um, and, and I had to take a break from work today. <laughs> Run down to the hardware store and buy, you know, black, you know, this, this sheeting that is really great for putting cords on your desk and things yeah. underneath. Uh, and plastic tubing for the internet wires and things like that. So, um, so I go down to to uh, the hardware store, uh, and people are doing their best to stay out of each other's way. And there's a lot of everyone's being super polite to each other. Right. And I get my stuff and I leave. And on the way way back, <clears throat> I figure, okay, let's. On the off chance, let's see if they have any paper products at the dollar store on the corner. I got a two pack of paper towels. So yes, they were the second to last roll on the shelf. Uh, <laughs> like when did these get here? Yeah. Um, and I'm standing in line and there's this lady and she's, I don't know, I'd say she's, I'm, it's hard to tell within a certain age group. I'm almost 50, so anywhere between like 40 and 60 starts to look the same to me at this point. Right. Um, you know, there could be anything in there. And that's why I say she's probably around our age, right? Okay. And she is just looking shell-shocked. And, and this, you know, she's standing in line and she's just looking lost. And the guy standing behind, in front of her just kind of glances around and looks at her. And I'm the next line over. And he's like, are you okay? And she's like, I don't, I don't have a car. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do if I, I don't live, I, I don't live close enough to walk to any of these places regularly. And then she's like, it's just, it's all hitting her, right? The fact right. that, you know, and um, I think what the buses stop running tomorrow. I think is is part of the the shutdown here in Kansas City. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Um, or or at least I think they're reduced. Something that something that something about the buses is coming. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not tomorrow. Um, and so she's just stressed. And he's like, he looks at her and he goes, "It's gonna be okay." And it was just he said it with such conviction. Hmm. You know, that I was just like, "Okay, I'm I'm, I'm listening to this guy over here." <laughs> you know, as far as I could tell, they didn't know each other. And he just, you know, he, he, this guy saw this lady, she was in, she was in distress and he said, it's going to be okay. Things like that. Every now and again, mm -hmm. I'm reminded that people as a rule are often very, very good to each other. They can be. Sometimes they're utter putzes, but some, <laughs> a lot of times they're really good to each other. So, I mean, that's. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that you know, and, and you know, you were helping me move yesterday, and, and our my one of my new neighbors said, "Hey, how are you? Welcome to the building." You know. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. So it's you know that those kind of things, even in the midst of this, makes me feel a little bit better about you know our, our chances at least as a species. Yeah. Well, I think we'll get through this. I think what it looks like on the other side of it is going to be interesting to see. Yeah, no question. Um, especially and, and and on the on the genre aspects of it, you know, um, <clears throat> you know the the fact that so many conventions are now looking at virtual stuff. 
um, that's going to have a big change on things and and what this does to the comic book industry as a whole oh, no, yeah. that's going to be a big thing too but then the general the traditional publishing side of things as well you know putting books out how is that going to look you know I'll, I'll tell you what though having been in the retail book world during the great explosion of the internet and book sales and how we were all just terrified hmm. of what internet book sales are going to do to the brick and mortar stores and there's no question that internet sales had an impact. There were a lot of smaller shops that did go out of business, and there were a lot of chains that went out of business over time because they couldn't figure out how to, how to be whatever they'd be. I worked for Borders for a decade. They're not here anymore. That's right. Yep. Um, while they owned Walden Books. Walden Books is gone and never coming back. You know, these are things that are that are just didn't work. Um, but a lot of the small independents uh, just you know they leaned into what the things that made them made them special for their client base yeah. and so they weathered it and and became part of it they sold stuff online and they you know but they they never lost their brick and mortar store uh and they never lost that customer interaction and i think that um we're going to see a lot of that with the book world because uh people still want to touch and hold the books you know that yeah. The idea that it was going to go away turned out to just not be the case. Right? Well, you, and I think comics are, comics are going to be the same way. But um, but you know, well, you know what we're going to end up getting to see finally if this if if we end up shifting to the because comics are already available as digital format. Yeah. Uh, if that ends up being the new normal for comics, you know they're going to have to start releasing their numbers. Well, yeah, there's that. Finally, finally, we'll actually see the real digital numbers, or at least, or at least the the real digital numbers, starting past a certain date. Well, and and the other part of that too is, you know, the direct market has always been just one way to get books out. You've got newsstand, you've got the bookstores, um, you know, and. And will the publishers continue to do monthly issues or are they just going to go to graphic novels? And how much of a factor is it going to be for these uh, these indie books that are doing all the crowdfunding projects? Because they're the ones making money. And, and, and everybody else is kind of sitting there twiddling their thumbs because, you know, you know Marvel puts out safe space and snowflake and nobody's going to buy that book i mean in a normal circumstance with no quarantine and the comic book shops actually in operation nobody's going to buy that book and so it's you know there's a question there as what kind of books are going to sell in a post quarantine environment you know well but if if the the folks who are doing the indie stuff you know we still don't know if that's a sustainable thing because it's so new how is this going to impact them um you know you and you hear that there's there's some apparently i've seen a couple of news stories about some backlash growing for folks who are getting uh hit with uh uh, better business bureau and uh um there's a uh i just saw it I'll have to I'll have to circle back around to that because I don't want to I don't want to say you know, okay. give, you know yeah without, send, without send, send me a link to that if you would I'd be interested um, in seeing that because I haven't uh, I haven't seen any mention of that yet. But there's a uh, it's a I want to say it's a fraud thing, 
Um, but the, you know, cause, cause some folks have, you know, there's in any, in any thing, there's folks who are going to abuse the system. Uh, and well, and you've got people like, uh, B clay Moore who did a, a crowdfunding thing on Kickstarter, what, five, six years ago. And he took the money and never delivered. You know, sure. that kind of thing's happened before. So right, yeah. Well, I think that I think that the, I, I want to say that this is related to a similar thing in a, in a current. Uh, Wouldn't be uh, Cecil's cash grab, would it? No, uh-huh. um, I, I because because I'm not sure I'm remembering it correctly. I don't want to put any names out just because sure, sure. you know if I'm if I'm misremembering then and I don't want to I don't want to put anyone you know up, imply that someone is is doing something. Yeah, sure. No, uh, I get it. Uh, that. But um, yeah, in any event, the, the question is, is is that if your model is to deliver something that you have crowdfunded that is produced as a physical thing, and it's potentially dangerous to ship physical thing that has not been somehow guaranteed germ-free, I don't know, right. don't know how to do that, how much is that gonna hurt you? Or, or how much might you accidentally pass it on if you happen to be asymptomatic but are, a, trans, a carrier, you know, yeah. so it's a it's a challenging time. It's going to change how these things are done. But the same thing is is for those for those folks who are doing those those indie campaigns and those things with with the various uh, indie publishers or one person publishing their own stuff to through crowdfunding. You know what? Um, maybe they don't charge as much, and they sell somebody a digital copy, and they still have the artwork or the story by the the the, fan, the person that they like. Yeah. Just the campaigns well, aren't going to be twenty twenty two hundred thousand. It might be five thousand bucks, so that I can afford to eat this month. Well, and it might be the other thing too is um, once once the publisher, the physical publishers, actually get back to where they're they're printing books. Um, you know, maybe there's a little bit more creative synergy between the, you know, the the crowdfunding cr- group and the publishers because uh, a, an example of that, Clint Stoker's Downcast, uh, is a crowdfunded book, and he shipped it out, and he had a certain number of backers, and then Alterna now is going to publish that as a monthly issue title. Um, I think four or five issues starting in October. So there are potential deals to be made between the indie crowdfunding group and, and traditional publishers like that. I don't think DC or Marvel is going to be interested in it, but you know, a lot of people have said, you know, they've asked the question is the, is the crowdfunding model our next image comics, for example? Um, I don't know that it is. I don't know that it isn't. Um, but you, you, so what's on the next comic go? Yeah. Well, well, and you talk about sustainability, you know, you've got some of these people that are doing, you know, that are, that are are on their second or third or fourth or fifth book even, and still making the money and still, still put the books out. So I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to see how, how long this goes on. Sure. Well, I mean, what this, what this quarantine does. Yeah. No question. Yeah. All right. Well, we are uh, getting close to 11 o'clock here, the witching hour. So uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up tonight. Thank you, folks, for uh, for sticking with us, those of you who have been watching. Um, Those of you who are new, welcome. This is not the normal sort of thing that we talk about on this show. 
um, but given given the circumstances, I thought it was just, we're we're just kind of venting tonight a little bit about what's going on. Normally, we talk about things related more to genre, and we will do that again. And uh, of course, you can always uh, look at the back catalog, our back issues, as it were. And uh, see some of the things that we have talked about as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, take a look around. Check out the, the other videos that are on the channel. If you're listening to this as a podcast, um, there are other, there are other uh, episodes available for download. And uh, we are, do we know whether or not we're going to have a, a tartar sauce this week yet? Have we, we, have we, we figured that think out? We're gonna, we think we're going to have one Wednesday night. It may not be recorded at the usual time, but we're, we're going to be, that is the plan right now is to have at least three of us for on Wednesday night. Um, okay. And again, folks, just bear with us. If it doesn't go out at the normal time, it'll be out some point Wednesday. And we will have a new Salacious Crumbs tomorrow night. Um, we recorded it today. We're we're behind on that. I think we're going to actually move that show to Tuesday. So Tuesday now will alternate between Salacious Crumbs and Triple Bites to make it just basically kind of Star Tuesday. So we have Star Wars and Star Trek shows on that day. So uh, new Salacious Crumbs tomorrow, Tartar Sauce on Wednesday, um, Ranker Pit on Friday, and Good Morning Multiverse Saturday. So, and then we'll have daily updates on all of the convention schedule changes as we go. So, there we go. And uh, to Robert's last point in the chat, I don't think Gwyneth Paltrow's medical advice should be listened to by anyone. Um, I would say <laughs> that uh, unless unless your favorite celebrity has a medical degree or is take or is getting their advice from a doctor, yeah. I would yeah. agree. Don't don't do that. Yeah. If you want to give us feedback, you can send that uh, to uh, the email, uh, sci uh, H2O at sci the hashtags H2O podcast, sci-fi for me TV. And of course, the, uh, the, we do have news articles that we post over at sci-fi for me.com uh, and then the other shows that we've got here. So thanks for watching, everyone. We will be back uh, with something else to talk about next week. Thanks, Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.